right, so here we are, episode three, the happy spring break edition. So hopefully you are on spring break break on a beach somewhere enjoying this podcast with your earbuds in as uh, the little ones or yourself or whatever is happening there. So I am Dan and I'm with Ben and I'm not on spring break. I'm at work. <laughs> yes. So I'll no, be, I'll I, be working I, at the house. But I, I'm, I'm with Dan. I, I really hope that everyone is enjoying, or if you're listening to this afterward, enjoyed their spring break. Um, so it was yeah. a choice I made to work. So it's okay. It's all good. It's fun. But it's no. all good. Um, so. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I didn't say I'm actually Ben, the technology director here no. in Coloma Community Schools. Yeah. And you didn't give your title. Yeah, I'm Dan, the Instructional Technology Specialist um, for Coloma Community Schools, and we're here to kind of get us started with some what's up. So, Ben, what's going on? Any news to share this time? What is up right now? Um, uh, yeah, um, I got to play uh, Humphrey the Hamster this morning. That you did. At the uh, elementary school for their, their, their March's Reading Month celebration, one school, one book uh, yeah. Sort of uh, shindig. It was a, yeah. it was a lot of fun. They all read. I, it was a really cool project. For those mm-hmm. that aren't aware, um, you know, March is Reading Month. Um, at, 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 you could do it K twelve, but at the elementary, they usually tend to get into it with a lot more uh, gusto. And so they decided we're going to read this book, Humphrey the Hamster. He's like a detective hamster, yep. and um, you worked with them, and like all the teachers recorded themselves yeah. recording uh, reading a chapter of the book. We put that up on YouTube so that yep. kids. Could go back and listen to them reading out throughout the month. Very cool. Practice their skills. Exactly. And you know, somebody wasn't home to read to them. If they were younger, there was maybe a device that they could go to the YouTube. They channel could have someone, and someone that they know, a teacher from so, their yeah. Really and powerful. It was a lot of fun, and they invited me to be a part of the closing ceremony by wearing the Humphrey the the hamster outfit yeah. and passing out the awards. And I had a blast. It was yeah. great. Saw so, Mr. Klein got a new tattoo. He got a new tattoo. Yeah, he got a little, uh, a little uh, hamster, hamster tattoo. tattoo. That's pretty good. Really cool. So for me, what's up is uh, we're back from a call. And I think yes. uh, one of the things from that was just always, it's always an incredible opportunity to get together and have conversations and finding more and more. And, and Ben and I talked about this a little bit, just that, you know, the conversations have shifted away from technology at that conference and they're starting to focus more on how students learn. I th- Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's still a lot of we still have our sixty gadgets and sixty seconds. Yeah, and there's sessions. still a lot of those conversations yeah. and a lot of those people going there looking for that. Um, but um, at least from from my from our perspective, yeah. um, it seems like there are more people that are willing to engage and talk about. Okay, I got these tools and mm-hmm. they had an impact or they didn't have an impact. Right. Why? Yeah. Okay, that's that's the question. Yeah. Really, is what you want to be asking. And the other thing is uh, yesterday morning on the drive-in, I listened to the ISTE, so the International Society for Technology and Education, uh-huh. has done a podcast, so we're kind of promoting another podcast. Maybe they'll return the favor on ours. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but they, they interviewed Dr. Liz Kolb, who keynoted um, the Lake Michigan Tech Conference last year. Last year, yeah. And it was about distractions and cell phones and devices in the classroom and all of the pieces that go into it. Yes. Um, it was a fantastic. It already had me starting to think about a couple things and I've showed up to a couple meetings this week without a computer 
good for you. Notebook. Yeah, nice. That I can connect personally, <sighs> and there's no other pieces that are happening there. And I think if you are worried about that in your classroom, we'll put a link to their podcast and in our podcast notes, and make sure that you can have that opportunity. It was about 45 minutes. It was fantastic conversation. It always really frustrated a lot of my students, but as I continued, I was I taught for seven years, and I was always blessed to teach in a one-to-one environment. So I always had devices, whether they were laptops or workstations. There's a bunch of kids outside yeah. right now. It's obvious. Passing time. Um, and um, as I continued my 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 journey and, and becoming you know a better teacher and and, and trying to get um, students to reach uh, a deeper. Uh, mm-hmm. Understanding, um, there were times in which it was like, "Hey guys, we're gonna, we're not even gonna use our computers today." Yeah, you know, let's just let's talk about this. Let's think some concepts through and everything. And yeah, those were bummer days uh, for for some of those kids because mm-hmm. they oh they just wanted to get in there and make something cool or do something fun. All right. So just a couple of distractions there, but we got back. Um, so now. After that, yep. we have our time for some rapid-fire questions. Do you yep. complained to me last time that we only answered <laughs> one question, or is it a series of I didn't, three questions? I, I didn't complain. It I, was a critique. It was It was a constructive criticism. Man, jeez, yeah. throw me under the bus. <laughs> so we got a handful of wow. questions here for, for Ben to answer. Um, the first one comes from oh. Mike Glassman, our computer technician, and it is, what is the definition of technology according to Wikipedia? Definition of technology according to Wikipedia. I'm not sure because someone might have just changed it this morning. I don't know. That's Ooh. a that's a Wikipedia joke. Um, okay, so I actually used to teach an entire <laughs> unit about this because it's actually in um, uh, the social studies standards for like third or fourth grade or something yeah. like that. Um, so uh, definition of technology. Um, any any product. Or a process um, uh, or tool that mm-hmm. human beings have developed to make work more efficient. So, uh, a computer is technology. Right. Um, a a microphone is technology, but. A piece of paper is technology. A pencil is technology. And fire, fire is technology. So, um, yeah, there we go. What do do you think? Would you you agree? I would totally agree with that. And I think, you know, you nailed it just in the sense that technology doesn't necessarily mean gadgets, wires, digital. It could be anything that we've used in our classroom. So we're all super tech savvy because we know how to use paper. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> all right. Next. Next question comes from Melissa Davis, and this is a specific question for Google. Google said last fall there would be a way to keep students from cheating on Google Forms quizzes. Is that available, and how do we enable it on our quizzes? Uh, um, yeah. I am only a Google educator certified level one. Maybe that's something that happens in the level <laughs> two certification. Um yeah, so Google has been working on that. They've been, I mean, first they just had Google Forms. Right. And then they said, hey, teachers are using these for quizzes, right? And so mm-hmm. there were uh, add-ons like Flubaroo and yep. things like that that, that you could use to lock them down. And then they actually said, okay, now you can create a quiz. You can right. create a form and say, yes, these are the correct answers. Um, so I don't know um, yet, but if there is a way to enable it, I'm all for it. I'll enable it. 
Well, I think you already put us in for a beta. I think I sent you an email like two months ago. Yes. That popped up. Ah, uh, yes. a okay. beta program right now. So, Melissa, if you're listening, it's coming. We don't have access to it just yet, but it will make it so that the kids, in theory, cannot leave the tab they're in for taking that quiz. Yes. So, ignore everything I just said. Dan, I totally vividly remember this now. I have so many emails flying in and out of my oh, yeah, inbox. No, um, but, yes, I do recall us talking about that, and I did yeah. sign us up for the so, beta thing as soon as it's available when it's there we'll we'll yep. get it out to you and, and we'll be able to use it so again this summer will be a good time come to if it's if it's out in time yeah come to the lake michigan tech conference and um, we'll have a learn session. about it we'll yep. have a session on it so all right um wendy trembley wants to know how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood well geez wendy as much wood as a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood there you I mean, go there you perfect go. answer done all right i put one in what's that i don't know if that's fair what um what's your favorite ed tech tool and why my favorite ed tech tool and why yeah um my favorite ed tech tool is keynote um, which Apple Keynote. It's Apple Keynote, which if anyone here in district wants to use, you can. You can go to iCloud.com and sign up for a free Apple account, and you can use Keynote online. Um, I I personally love it because it allows me to do things with presentations that I cannot do in any other presentation software. And I know someone out there is going, um, actually, uh, you and I, I get it. You, if you love Google Slides and and PowerPoint, you can you can do all sorts of awesome things. Personally, though, like what I can do in Keynote uh, is is just have a whole heck of a lot of fun, um, and uh, it's difficult for me to replicate that in slides or uh, uh, PowerPoint. So there we go. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. We did go to our presentation though last week. Oh, Google Slides versus, versus Keynote. Keynote. And, and you saw slides. firsthand some of the cool stuff oh, that Keynote yeah, does. The yeah. magic move. No, it's, I'm That's familiar awesome. with Keynote. Let, yeah. me, let me tell you. Like um, I used I used a lot of Keynote in the past. Yeah. Um, that having been said, Google Slides represented very, very well. Google and Slides won. Google Slides won. By one point. So, <laughs> um, but magic move definitely was. Yeah. Like I thought that was going to seal the deal. But yep. Yeah. Anyways, last one. Yeah. Um, Android or iPhone, which is best for Kim Kabatsky? Didn't we talk about this before? We did, but I just want... This is a good one to always just come up because yeah. obviously iPhones are better. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm laughing because I'm sure I'm sure our, our technician um, is listening. Um, and, and I do that on purpose just to rib him. Um, honestly, oh, yeah. I, do, 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 what you, do what you want. You know, if you love... It's if you love the Android experience, if you love being able to control every single you know facet of your device, your mm-hmm. phone, or your tablet, and like I want to get in there and I want to get into the settings and I want to do this and I want to have it exactly the way I want it. That's awesome. Go yeah. for it. Get yeah. an Android. Yep. Um, an iPhone is like. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to, to fine-tune things as much. The The experience on that is going to be more of, hey, I don't want to worry about all that stuff. I just want to – I mean, you know, they always say iPhone. It just works, right? But the idea is, hey, I just want to go ahead and do a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, you could still do all your Google stuff on an iPhone. Yep. Um, and uh, in some cases, uh, sometimes the Google experience is better. Uh, I have found, me personally, mm-hmm. I, I like the Google experience a little bit better on some of, um, for some of the apps on iPhone. But, um, but yeah, it's your own personal preference. That's the key, yeah. personal preference. So I would agree with that. 
So Stump Us, last week we had Pete's question about yes. commercial radio. Yep. Cool thing is, is we got one piece of it right. Okay, what was it? The time zone. The time zone. It was in the <laughs> Eastern time zone, right? Yeah, so yeah, we said course, New York duh. City, Eastern New York time City, zone. Eastern time, done. Um, so that was about where we stopped getting yeah. things right. All right. Um, so it, it was AM, but they didn't really have a Oh, that's right. We did say AM. Yep. So yeah, we got that, too. didn't really have a difference there. But uh, basically, what happened is uh, I used Google. We weren't allowed to Google before Pete said so. Sure. Yeah. Um, but what it came down to is the first commercial radio license was KDKA of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. KDKA. And okay. they used the radio to broadcast for the very first time on November 2nd, 1920 to announce the winner of the presidential election between Warren G. Harding and James M. Cox. That is awesome. So, And with a little bit more Googling right here, right now, KDKA-TV... CBS Pittsburgh is still on the air because we were we were also wondering if is it what well, I I thought it was M- an NBC yeah a national broadcasting but apparently it's CBS well in my digging for this and and learning a little bit more about radio history there's a couple of side nuggets of knowledge that we can share here is that NBC was the first syndicated ah, which was okay money funded through RCA. The radio gotcha. company of right. America making right. radios. Westinghouse had a lot to do um, with this Pittsburgh broadcast. Man, I, I feel like we're getting in the weeds here, Dan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just think of where the news has gone <laughs> and news cycles and communication has gone since 1920. Cool. All right. But, so we have our next Stump Us question coming at you. Bring it. One that I know stumps me and it may not stump you. All right. But when I on. looked at it, I was like, I have no idea of the answers. Do it. So Melissa Davis sent us in in the Harry Potter series. What are the seven horror? <laughs> I can't even pronounce that word. <laughs> so like, that's where I'm at with okay, my Harry is, Potter. This knowledge. is so this is so funny because it's a running joke in the technology department because like Dan is like the biggest reading nerd. Like he just reads and consumes everything. It's like, oh awesome. So what do you think of Harry Potter? You know? He's like I've never read Harry Potter. It's like, what? That's yeah. like insane. <laughs> and you're a teacher? Shame on you. Okay, so the question is, uh, what are the seven horcruxes? Yeah. Um, so for those of you that aren't in the know, um, the big spoiler alert, by the way, for all of this stuff, if you haven't read. Sorry, oh, Dan, yeah. you're going to know this. Oh, no. So the big bad evil guy in um, the Harry Potter series is Lord Voldemort. Okay. Uh, his, his actual name is Tom Riddle. But when you're an evil guy, you got to come up with a... Uh, you know, Darth Vader, Lord Sidious, all that stuff. Anyways, um, so he uh, manages to, to, he practices the arcane dark arts that no one's supposed to, right? And he manages to split his his soul into several pieces, something that was banned eons ago in the wizarding world because it totally just messes with your mojo, you know? Um, So anyway, so he splits his soul and then embeds them into these magical items um, in an attempt to gain immortality, right? Because when his physical body then dies, it still lives on um, this little piece of his soul. And the idea is then through some magical means later, he could regain his form. So the seven horcruxes, let's see. Uh, One of the horcruxes is a ring. Okay. Uh, there's a ring um, that uh, Dumbledore uh, carries around. Another Horcrux is actually the first Horcrux to be discovered is his old diary from his okay. time at Hogwarts. He had a diary that he embedded his memories into. Um, another Horcrux is the Basilisk, which is this giant snake that lives underneath 
uh, Hogwarts. Um, actually, or no, 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 not the Basilisk. Sorry, the Basilisk was not a Horcrux. Um, a snake, Nagini, that he is always is always with him. So, oh my gosh, I totally, I almost dropped the ball on that one. Okay, so we've got those three. What are the other Horcruxes? Um, crud. This is, oh man, I'm not going to get this. It's been so long. I read all of these when they, I was working at Forever Books in St. Joe when these came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the summertime, in addition to my teaching. And so I read all of these and now I hate that I'm not getting these. Oh, uh, there was a, um, uh, there was a gem. There was like a little gemstone uh, that was there as well. Um, so let's see. So what do we got? We got the ring. We got the diary. We got the snake. We got the, the gem. Um, that's four. That's four. Holy cow. There were seven of them. Jeez. All these horcruxes and everything. <laughs> One of them was Harry himself. Harry himself. Harry was a horcrux. It was He was an unintentional horcrux because... He Voldemort did this really nasty killing curse, and it sort yeah. of backfired. Uh, in the process of backfiring, he didn't realize it, but it sort of split a little piece of his soul in. Um, and so they always had this connection. So Harry himself was a Horcrux, and then That's five. I forget. Wow. I forget the other two. Five of seven. That's, five of uh, seven. That's all I got. I'm so sorry. And I am uh, uh, still at zero of seven because I did not understand yeah. much of what you were saying. There we go. So we are there. <laughs> Up next, yep. we have to uh, award our second Ooh. outstanding. Dude, this is a long episode. Whew. Yeah. Too All many right. questions, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't know. Here we'll, we go. We're playing with it still. So um, it goes Melissa Davis. She's popped up three times. Oh, wait, wait. It episode. goes to Melissa Davis? Yeah. She nice. had two nominations from her staff and, and colleagues at uh, CIS. And the first one was the um, the first Lego League that she runs with the fifth grade students. Oh, right, because she does um, the first Lego League competition. Yep. Right. So she's been doing that, and she's continued it. Um, so she's had some of those kids working um, for... A while after their competition, from my understanding. That's cool. And then the other thing is just how she's using Google Classroom and the other apps in her science classes at CIS. That's awesome. And for that, she had two separate nominations from two separate teachers. Sweet. And uh, we are excited to do that. So we'll be around with... you might not get your prize. I lost our 3D printer, so part of the prize oh, is a 3D that's fine. printer. We got, we got, so we're good. We, we got it. We'll get something for you. And uh, congratulations, we'll so Melissa. Congrats, Melissa. Hopefully, you're listening. That's awesome. And uh, that's that's all we have today. So all right, cool. So yeah, if hopefully, hopefully you're not listening to this over spring break. Hopefully, hopefully you totally not. unplugged and you yeah. relax somewhere on a beach if you went somewhere south. But otherwise, um, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening this time. We'll see you next time. We'll have a teacher interview.